0: I'm Nicole. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sarah. And together we're the co-founders of Whale Tales, a living library of cetacean stories. And today we
1: are talking about teeth.
0: Plus, super
1: exciting dolphin tail.
2: Mm -hmm. Nicole goes
0: supersonic. (laughs) (laughs) So sit back and enjoy as we dive right in.
2: it's time to talk about teeth and not ours yeah that would be weird (laughs) yeah yeah that's weird no we are talking about all cetaceans who fall in the parv order oh not just order (laughs) um I will promise not to go on a giant rant about all of the suborders and PARF and mega orders and all the things, because if you'd like to read my thoughts on the new various ways that uh, nomenclature and phylogenetic structures are organized, you, I wrote a whole blog about it and we'll put that in the show notes. Um, but specifically, we are talking about odontocetes. So these are toothed whales. And for a little fun ancient Greek lesson, odontocete is a very nice, easy root word. It comes from odonto, which is tooth, and knutceath, which is whale. I absolutely butchered the pronunciation there, but don't blame me, I don't speak Greek. But yeah, it comes from the two ancient Greek words tooth and whale, and odontocetes are the all cetaceans under the power of order that are teased. Sarah, which cetaceans does that
0: encompass? This includes toothed whales, obviously, so things like sperm whales. And it also includes all of the dolphins and porpoises. Yes, that's right. This means that whales, toothed whales and dolphins and porpoises are all whales. So that means things like grouping dolphins under whales is not wrong. It's just less specific than you could be. Um and also like killer whales are dolphins, but they are also whales. Whoa. A simple example to think about this is like, um, because it's easy to define what they are. So like a rectangle is a shape that has four sides and right corners. That includes squares. <laughs> squares are rectangles, just like dolphins are whales. Lindsay and Nicole <laughs> are laughing because they've heard me rant about this. We so love many it. Times. Yeah. But yeah. So, squares are just like a more specific, narrow example of rectangles, mm-hmm. same how dolphins and porpoises are a more specific, narrow group of whales. Correct. The end. No. correct. Hooray! No notes. No notes.
2: And for uh, for listeners who might be who might have just chosen this episode at random as their <laughs> first introduction to Whale Tales and what we're all about. Hi, welcome! And we've just come out of orgo Action Month or Orca Awareness Month, where there's a lot of talk about whether they're orcas mm. or killer whales or dolphins or whales, and we have feelings but that's not what we're talking about today
1: no we're talking about teeth and they all have teeth (laughs) they do and they are all of those things that you just said so it's true anyway let's get back on track (laughs) tell us what shape their teeth are what shapes do odontacy's teeth come in teeth shaped well so they come (laughs) in the more traditional cone shape is probably what you think of the most when you think of Uh, tooth whale teeth, especially if you've seen a killer whale jaw, or like a bottlenose dolphin, or maybe a beluga, or tooth shape. Yeah, just a tooth shape, very toothy. And then we also have spade shaped, which is kind of what porpoises are, and they're just flatter. But still, you know, a triangle. Or something like that. Doing a lot of hand motions that no one can see. Anyway. um, And then we also, (laughs) if you're looking at tooth... Whales that are not dolphins or porpoises or sperm whales. We've got beaked whales, which have crazy sorts of teeth all around. But the craziest one of all would be the ginkgo-toothed beaked whale, which teeth shaped are shaped like a ginkgo leaf of a tree. It's pretty nuts. I suggest you Google it or check out our naming of things on the ginkgo-toothed beaked whale because it's weird. Mm-hmm. They're the weirdest ones of and all. So
0: weird. Awesome. They have the weirdest
2: teeth. They <laughs> win.
0: They win. I think we did that. Yeah. Didn't we do that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was
2: in one of the, yeah. like, Whale Olympics or Dolphin Olympics that we did. Yeah.
0: So since we're talking
2: about teeth and uh, specifically sort of the teeth of all of these whales, dolphins, and porpoises, you might be wondering, well, what are teeth made of? Are they similar to human teeth? Are they different? And, oh, doggy, there are lots of similarities and lots of differences structurally cetacean teeth are made of the same sorts of minerals that human and and basically all mammal teeth are made of so they're made mostly of a substance called dentin uh, also known as ivory so similar to sort of tusks of elephants and other things it's a 75 to 95 percent mineralized tissue that contains things like collagen um it has a similar structure to human teeth as well in that cetacean teeth have roots that go below the gum line And then they protrude or emerge through the gum lines. So just like a human tooth, if any of you have ever had any of your teeth pulled, if you have your wisdom teeth and you get to look at and they're super like, wow, look at how gnarly those are. The roots that like went way, way, way deep into your gum. uh, Cetacean teeth are very similar. So there's an exposed portion that you can see and there's a much larger. Usually it's at least the same size, if not sometimes twice as large size that goes down into their jaw, which is how it's rooted there. It also makes a lot of sense if you think about hesitations use their teeth. They are putting quite a lot of force on their teeth because they use their teeth to catch their prey and sometimes um, specifically like rip parts of their prey off of the prey. And so there's a lot of pressure on the teeth. So you need a really, really strong root system to ensure that the teeth don't fall out. Um, so the crown, which is the part of the tooth that kind of protrudes from the gun that's covered with enamel, but it has nerves in it just like a human tooth does. Uh, and as the animal ages, there are layers of dentin that grow over time. And so not, this is not, uh, something that's like transferable across all cetaceans. But in some species, you can actually age them by looking at a cross section of their teeth, the same way that you look at a cross section of a tree. And you can correspond or sort of correlate the number of rings of dentin. Is it dentin or dentine? Dentin? Dentin. Sure. You can look at how many layers of dentin there are in a cross-section of a cetacean tooth. And it's not year by year. So sometimes in some species like belugas, dentin comes over, I think it's like a six month period. And then sometimes it's like a two year period in other species. But if you know how quickly dentin sort of is produced in the species and you look at a cross-section, you can tell the age
0: of that animal, just like you do the growth rings of a tree. Let's talk about tooth size, because whales are large, as you might have noticed, mm-hmm. and so some of them can have very large teeth. Uh, it might come as no surprise, but the whale that has the largest tooth is the narwhal, because uh, they have a the tusk, <laughs> which is a tooth. But they're yeah. unicorns! And they are unicorns, but it's a tooth, not a horn, and it's about 2.7 meters long, that one tooth. All their other teeth are, like, normal-sized whale teeth. Um but the whale that has sort of the biggest array of teeth. More like traditional,
2: the traditional looking Traditional tooth. teeth, <laughs> like
0: teeth that are fully contained within inside their mouth, within their mouth, um, is the sperm whale. And <laughs> sperm whale teeth can be up to eight inches long, which includes the root under the gum. So it's not just that's like the whole tooth, if it came out. Um, and sperm whale teeth are very cool and very strange. They have like 30 to 60 of them only in their lower jaw. Which is very odd. And if you've heard of something called scrimshaw, sperm whales—it's that's like carvings done um, originally by Inuit people and then adopted by um, whalers and sailors, uh, where they carved and did artwork on sperm whale teeth. Oh, yeah, cool. that makes sense. Very cool. Who has the smallest teeth? Everybody. I'm take a wild guess. Everybody. all—it's everybody else is all small, but probably like tiny porpoises yeah have the smallest ones yeah, the, <laughs> so, yeah basically was, everybody
2: else I, i'll just tell you i'll just tell you our listeners that finding any kind of definitive data on which cetacean had the smallest teeth was absolutely impossible because nobody cared And, (laughs) um, I mean, the truth is, uh, the three of us have been uh, lucky enough in our lives to actually see cetacean teeth quite up close in living cetaceans. Um, and the truth is when you look at smaller dolphins, like Pacific white-sided dolphins, even bottomless dolphins, they're not very small dolphins, um, and harbor porpoises and things, their teeth, they are, they're so small and they're just like little needles. Like they're not even, in in all three of those species i just mentioned their teeth aren't even as big as my pinky fingernail they are small and sharp needle-like looking like like really sharpened pencils
0: um yeah yeah little pencil pencil points in their mouth yeah because yeah they're not they don't use them in the same way that we use our teeth like they, they only have one shape of tooth so they only really use them for grabbing and scraping yeah they don't need to be that big for that.
2: Yeah. So it just it, that's that's not information that is accessible online. Basically, <laughs> if you but. aren't a sperm whale, if you are a medium to small size dolphin or porpoise, your teeth are small. But you have lots of them sometimes.
1: And sometimes they crunch turtle shells and sometimes they eat sharks. And sometimes they just grab a fish and it or a squid and it sucks down and they're not really there for anything. Except your decoration. beautiful smile. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> okay, so let's look at some stuff that we do know about teeth and cetaceans. Who has the most and who has the least? So this is actually something that's very random that I didn't know. Um, long-beaked common dolphins have more teeth than any other dolphins with up to 240. And Riso's dolphins have the fewest. They have between 4 and 14 on their lower jaw only. Which doesn't seem like enough. No,
2: no, especially because yeah. those two species eat the same thing. <laughs> they eat small schooling fish
0: and squid. But both those you can just swallow. So I don't know yeah. why long-beaked common dolphins have them. I guess they've got a long beak, so they got to fill it with something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably in beaked whales, in the majority of cases, only adult males have functional teeth. Um, several female and juvenile males have had vestigial teeth underneath their gums, which is also weird, then um, most adult male beak whales usually only have two located on their mandible or their lower jaw, which is all of this is weird low jaw stuff. Again, because we're humans, so we think with the top in general, but I'm just like,
0: what what does the top one look like? What is it there for? Why is this? Well, you know. in, in sperm whales, because their teeth are so big, there are actually like Divots in their upper jaw to have room for these gigantic teeth to fit in when they close their mouth. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's true. Because their teeth are a giant size and they need to trap those big uh, squids in there.
2: Okay, so every time, uh, both in researching for today's episode as well as every time that we've talked about cetacean teeth in the past when we've done like a species specific podcast episode, uh, listeners might have noticed that when we talk about how many teeth a specific species might have. There's usually quite a range, and this has always bothered me. I think I've even mentioned this on the podcast in the past. It might have just been pre-recording, but I I know that I've talked to you two about the fact that I don't understand. I really really don't understand how all humans, except in extremely rare cases, um, and I don't include just like hockey players in this, just like most humans, once they lose their baby teeth and grow their adult teeth, they will have 32 teeth. That is, like If you ask Google, how many teeth do humans have? 32 is a fixed number that shows up for you. And yet, with pretty much every single species, like you even just said, Lindsay, when you were talking about Rizzo's dolphins, they have between 4 and 14 teeth which is a weird range for
1: having so many have so few teeth yeah exactly like but,
2: but, but why and killer whales have between 40 and 56 teeth like that's a huge range of teeth to have um and so I've always really really wondered like what the hell is going on with cetacean teeth well as it turns out I'm not the only one who's ever wondered about this so we will have a link in the show notes to a free full article. Hooray, we love free full articles. Yay, science. Um, And though the article doesn't actually answer the question, it does explore the unique world of the evolution of cetacean teeth. Uh, and it's focused on This so It's focused on tooth whales uh, and not on baleen whales. That's for another podcast episode. Maybe even our next one. <laughs> Mm, um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some of like the findings from this article because it was fascinating to me. And um in particular it talks about how cetacean teeth, specifically odontocete teeth, so toothed whale teeth, are different than any other mammal. So not just different from baleen whales or different from, you know, like whoever they're 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 completely unique in the mammalian world. And one of the sort of things that this article supposes is if you think about the evolutionary success of mammals, not marine mammals, all mammals on earth, one of the things, you know, after the um, whatever extinction event happened with the dinosaurs and how mammals kind of like exploded and took over, one of the biggest things mammals have going for them, there's a lot, but one of the biggest things we all have going for them is we have a really high metabolic rate. And a high metabolic rate as mammals is sustainable because we can process food really efficiently. One of the best ways that mammals, aside from toothed whales, process food is because of our teeth. So we can catch our food or we can gather our food. We don't need to be predator mammals, whatever it is. We use the fact that we have interlocking teeth. So if you close your mouth right now, or if you've ever been to the dentist, they've asked you to bite um and they kind of like pull your gums apart like everybody knows we're wondering you're like pull your gums apart and you bite your teeth together your teeth interlock together or they should um and that's true for all mammals we also have different shaped teeth in our mouths and one of the things that you learn in kind of like introductory ecology classes is that you can usually tell what the main diet of a species is by by looking at their teeth and do they have more canines compared to molars or bigger molars compared to incisors um and all of this tells you a lot about what they eat so it's fascinating that all odontocetes whether they have all cone-shaped teeth or all spade-shaped teeth they're all the same they don't have any like if you're a bottlenose dolphin every single one of your over 100 teeth is going to look exactly the same. You're not going to have any kind of specific dentition. Um, and yet they are equally, if not more effective at their metabolic rate than terrestrial mammals who have all this crazy, 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 crazy teeth stuff going on. Um, what this article says is particularly interesting about this is the evolution of all of these sort of like specific mammalian teeth structures and and sort of bite that we have where our teeth interlock really well and we can use our teeth to rip and tear and chew, which allows us to process our food, which means we have a higher amount of bowel. Great. All of those things that make mammals awesome. Um, Marine mammals, or sorry, cetaceans, because seals do have molars most of the time, um, they lost this at the origin of mammals. 220 million years ago. So dolphins and toothed whales and porpoises, it just wasn't important to them in their evolutionary success to have the same kind of multi-cuspid teeth that every other mammal, whether it is a marine mammal or a terrestrial mammal, has. And when you think about the incredibly varied diet of toothed whales, so you have everything from sperm whales hunting giant squid to... I mean, just look at killer whales. Just look at the variety of different food that killer whales eat, but every single killer whale, because again, we go back to the fact that they're all technically considered the same species... <laughs> every ecotype of killer whale starts with the same kind of teeth. Yes, offshores end up with like really, really ground down teeth because of the really tough skins of the sharks that they're eating, but they'll start with the same kind of tooth structure. So these conical shaped teeth can eat everything from squid to turtle shells, like you were saying, Lindsay. So it's just bananas to me. Um, As I said, the no, animal...
1: killer whales don't eat bananas. No, you're right.
2: They <laughs> you're right. They don't. Um the article doesn't really like propose any answers to these questions, but sometimes it's really interesting just to think about like this it's just these questions are really cool. Um and another thing the article talks about is what will be the fun flipper fact for this episode, which is uh, I don't want to give it away, but just the evolution of teeth and the fact that cetaceans don't just have teeth you sorry toothed whales don't just have teeth unique in the cetacean world they have teeth that are unique in multiple ways across absolutely all mammals and yet they have been able to diversify and fill all kinds of different ecological niches all throughout saltwater and freshwater bodies on earth and i think that is
0: awesome
1: Hooray!
2: Teeth. Teeth! Are weird. They're weird, and they're cool, and uh, we like them, and I guess so do Odontices.
1: Yes, true story. So before we continue with the rest of the episode, we just want to take a moment to tell you about
0: how you can help support us at, at the podcast and everything we do
1: here at Whale Tales.
0: You can join us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash You can come hang out for a dollar a month at the porpoise level, $5 a month at the dolphin level, or $10 a month at the whale level. And each level comes with a variety of perks,
2: including access to polls that we post so that you can help kind of direct what we're doing with the podcast. We send thank you postcards. You get access to extended interviews and extra stories that we have with our guests. And you can even produce your own fun flipper fact segment of the pod. Plus our whale level patrons get access to a special Patreon only podcast, Whale Tales Watches. In our latest episode, we went to go and see the new live-action CGI version of The Little Mermaid, and we talked all about that and uh, what they got right and what they got wrong. And if you like hot men in wetsuits, Mm. (laughs) you're going to really enjoy our Whale Tales watches next month.
1: So thank you, patrons. You are amazing. Thank you for supporting us through all of this, and thank you for giving us a reason to go watch hot men in wetsuits
0: um if you aren't able to support us financially we completely completely understand uh there's still things though that you can do that would really help us out at the podcast you can leave us a rating or a review on your podcast platform like apple podcast or spotify this will help other people find us and you can also just tell your cetacean and sciencey podcast people in your life so that they can listen to the podcast as well we love it and you can tell us what, uh, what
2: we could do to make the podcast even better. You can follow us on social media at whaletales underscore org and send us your feedback so that we can just make every episode better and more full of awesome whale facts and talking about, uh, marine biologists and hot actors and wetsuits. Okay. Do you okay. know what time it is, everybody? Yay, yay, yay. It's time. <laughs> it's time for... Fun flipper. Fact, 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 fact. <laughs> I realized too late that I think in one of our Orca awareness episodes, I said I was going to, like, have musical accompaniment for our next Willfield, phil- or, yeah, for our next Fun Flipper Fact. And um, I'm sorry. I didn't do that. <laughs> but one day. One day I will. Instead, today... I am talking about something that's also very, very prevalent in my real life because my real life one and a half year old is getting his last baby teeth. He is currently going through the two year old molar fun, even though he's not two. It's great. And so for today's fun slipper fact, I wanted to share Do baby whales, specifically baby odontocetes so whales, dolphins, and porpoises that all have teeth, do they get baby teeth? And if so, are they born with them? Do they grow? Does it suck as much for their cetacean parents as it does for human (laughs) cetacean parents to deal with a child who's growing teeth? Um, And do they lose their teeth? And do they get more teeth? All of these things. And the answer is um, no. I mean, yes, Hmm. they're born with teeth. Sometimes. The different species sometimes do actually have to go through a teething process. Um, You know, baby belugas, for example, it's mostly gum when they're first born, and then their teeth do emerge, but they don't get baby teeth. No species of cetacean gets more than one set of teeth. If they have teeth, whichever teeth emerge or don't in the case of like beaked whales, or just like sometimes they just nothing comes through the gun. That must be nice. They they only get one set, and if they lose them, well, too bad. So sad. They're not gonna get any more. No tooth theory visiting any odontocyte out there in the ocean. Well, that's good.
1: That would be complicated. Yeah, she, she can't this. swim snorkel An and she, yeah, yeah it her, be a lot. wings would
2: get all wet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. The tooth fairy seems to give out like dollar dollar bills now for (laughs) teeth,
1: so I'd get all wet too. And what's a whale gonna do with money? I know, right?
2: Yes, this is known as dipfo dip 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 dipfiodontia. Yeah. Thank you. Dipfiodontia. Um, which is, uh, the, what happens in all other mammals. So it's not just humans that get baby teeth and then they fall out and then they get bigger teeth. Most other mammals actually do go through diphyodontia, um, where they lose their baby teeth and grow new ones. But odontices are the exception to the rule amongst mammals, just like Again. everything else we were talking yes. about. Yep. Their teeth are really cool and special to them. They only have one set. They keep it for life. Hope they're in good condition, but it doesn't really seem to bother them that much if they're not. See offshore killer whales who have (laughs) no problem eating sharks even when their teeth have been ground down like sandpaper.
1: Yeah. There you go.
2: Fun flipper fact.
1: Now we'll go to our whale tale. Speaking of the, well, medium-sized tooth whales, we've got a story for the brand new species for our website from our new Twitter friend, Emily Cunningham. She's a marine biologist studying doing work in the Antarctica, and and here's a story about her first sighting of Commerson's dolphins.
3: Hello Whale Tales podcast listeners. My name is Emily Cunningham and I'm a marine biologist and ocean conservationist from England. I've spent much of the last year working on board an expedition ship in Antarctica and South America, and today I'm going to share a dolphin tale with you all. And I share my adventures in marine science and conservation on Instagram, at Marine Biology Life. So please do come and say hi there. Always keen to meet other whale and dolphin fans. Now my story begins deep in the bowels of the expedition ship I work on. And I was fully dressed in all of my gear and waiting for the green light from the captain that we could launch our Zodiacs. Zodiacs are a kind of inflatable boat that we use for our expedition and science activities. So I was down there. And my phone rang with a call from my colleague on the bridge. Emily, there are Commerson's dolphins alongside the ship. Now, we'd just spent 13 days sailing down the Atlantic Ocean. During that time, I had talked incessantly about Commerson's dolphins. It was a dolphin I had never seen before, and my crewmates all knew how much I wanted to see one. I was on standby to deploy a Zodiac, I was at work. And I looked across at the big shell door in the side of the ship. It was firmly closed. And yet there were Commerson's dolphins just the other side of it. Completely hidden from me. I felt like this might be my only chance in my whole life that I might get to see them. What if they were gone by the time I got in my Zodiac? I had to take the chance. Back in two minutes, I announced to my crewmates before running for the stairwell. So we were in the Falkland Islands and we were making a short stopover on our journey from Europe to Antarctica. And it was early spring and so I was dressed for cold temperature, wind and rain. So that means I was wearing thermal base layers, mid layers, warm layers, waterproof outer layers, huge rubber boots and a life jacket. And I had decided to run up six flights of stairs hoping to see a dolphin. Now, I first heard about Commerson's Dolphins when I was a child. I was a dolphin mad child. I had one painted on my bedroom wall. I was already firmly set on becoming a marine biologist. And so I was completely overjoyed when I learned about the tiny black and white dolphins that they called the sea panda, the Commerson's Dolphins. And I had read in a book that I had borrowed from the library that Commerson's Dolphins were found in the waters around the southern tip of South America, as well as the Galen Islands but I'd never ever dreamed that I'd get the chance to see them with my own eyes. So back to me running up six flights of stairs in full expedition gear. By the time I reached deck five of the ship, I burst through the doors out onto the open deck, completely breathless and sweating buckets. Before me, was a sweeping view of Saunders Island, the fourth largest of the over 700 islands that make up the Falkland Islands archipelago. A rounded green hill dominated the skyline, fringed by a spectacular white sandy beach and azure blue waters. But as if to remind me that I was over 50 degrees south of the equator, despite the tropical-looking waters, a freezing wind whipped up off the Atlantic Ocean and stung my cheeks. As I caught my breath, I peered over the railings, my eyes darting from wave to wave in fruitless hope of seeing a dolphin wave 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 dolphin immediately below me the unmistakable black and white of a commissons dolphin was coursing through the clear blue water like a bottle rocket it zipped along the ship surfacing for a split second to breathe before disappearing from view excitement coursed through me like electricity i cheered jumped up and down and did a happy dance And then a second one appeared, then a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. A bird's eye view, me on deck looking down at seven Commerson's dolphins zooming around the ship. Lucky me. Commerson's dolphins have their rounded black fin, black head, black tail and a pure white body. They're one of the smallest cetaceans in the world, and their unique black and white coloration gives them the nickname of sea panda. They're stocky and short, more like a porpoise in their build, but they are indeed a dolphin. So I was totally lost in the moment, enjoying my view of the dolphins, when the shrill ring of my phone brought me back to reality. No more time to stand on the deck watching dolphins, I had work to do, it was time to go back down to deploy my zodiac. So I ran back down the stairs at a speed that would have given Usain Bolt a fair challenge and I jumped into a Zodiac being lowered into the water and prayed with all my might that the dolphins would still be there. And as my colleagues and I headed to shore in our Zodiac, me as a passenger, don't worry, I wasn't driving, I was scanning the waves constantly, hoping for a close-up view of those same Commerston's dolphins. But all I saw was waves, waves. 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 At least I saw them from the ship. I reasoned with myself after 15 minutes of nothing but waves, trying to soothe the crushing disappointment gripping my heart. I turned around to focus on the view instead, trying to take in the white sands and turquoise waters. When, of course, a little black fin broke the surface less than 20 metres in front of me. And immediately our boatload of seasoned marine scientists, naturalists and expedition guides, we all turned into giddy children. And we watched with whoops and squeals of unbridled joy as the same seven, maybe more, Commerson's dolphins approached our zodiac, their little black faces turning towards us to check us out. A mutual curiosity. And that's the thing I love most about cetaceans that intrigue is mutual. I'm incredibly lucky to have had many interactions with whales, dolphins and porpoises all around the world but the most magical of those interactions are where you make and maintain eye contact with them. It's where a wild and free creature chooses to come and investigate you on their own terms and then they stick around because they're curious. Those moments of Interspecies communication between me and a wild cetacean, well, they're extremely special. It's when my scientist mask slips and when I let myself be a dolphin mad eight year old once more. I don't know how long the common dolphins stayed with us, maybe two minutes, maybe 20, but the memories of the sea pandas bow riding alongside our zodiac, twisting and turning as they swam beneath us and their repeated approaches, heads tilted to check us out. They will stay with me forever.
0: Oh my gosh. Emily, thank you so much for your amazing story. It was fantastic, and I could feel your excitement. Thank you for sharing. Before we head out for this episode, we wanted to share some actions that you can take, as always, to help support whales and their ocean and their environment and their dental hygiene. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it is currently July, which, uh, is commonly the month where we talk about being plastic free and I'm not really a person to preach being completely like black and white plastic free, but Mm. it is a good excuse and there's lots of resources on the internet and social media to help you like think about your plastic usage and think about how you can be more thoughtful and, um, intentional with it. Especially your usage of single-use plastic. And so, um, one thing that I've found is, for example, if you're buying things at a small market and you go, like, a neighborhood store, you'll find lots of produce. I mean, and there's exceptions to this. There's produce wrapped in plastic at any store. But it's uh, summer, like, fresh local fruit season. And so, at, like, a small local store or farmer's market, everything's in, like, little cardboard punnets. A+, plus, you can... Um, take them as so or you can dump them into your own produce bags or containers versus if you shop at like a big like a big box grocery store most of the time I have at least in my experience all of the like berries and fruit are all in plastic containers even the local stuff has been um it was like oh sweet they've got local berries and they were in cardboard things but then wrapped in and that was annoying like I understand because germs blah 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 but like and transport but You know, if you're trying to be intentional with your plastic, and also if you are buying local, there's other advantages. Like, you're buying local, and they are so delicious. Yes, they (laughs) are delicious. Plastic Free July. Think about how you can make some parts of your life less plasticky. I think that brings us to the end of the episode.
2: We would love to hear your thoughts on this or any episode that we've ever done, ever, (laughs) So please visit our website, whale tailsorg and find links to all of the different ways that you can tell us your thoughts about our episodes on all of our social medias. We would love to hear from you.
0: You can also head to our website to subscribe to our podcast, check out our over 1,200 whale, dolphin, and porpoise stories, and learn about supporting us and becoming a patron.
1: That's whale tailsorg Tales like the stories, not tales like the animal.
0: And if you've seen a citation, we would love to add your story to our website to our library. You can click the share link on our website, you can contact us on social media, we're at whaletails underscore org on Instagram and also threads if you're into mm-hmm. that, I don't if really into understand. It. Um, or you can also just email us a voice memo and tell us all about your incredible cetacean encounter.
1: Finally, we want
0: to acknowledge that we recorded today's episode on the unceded
1: territories of the Coast Salish peoples and the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, as well as the homelands of the Tawasin First Nation. Thanks
2: everybody so much, and we hope you have a Whaley great day.